Welcome to another episode of Policy Today from the Washington Research Council. This is Mary Strau. I'm joined today by my colleagues Emily Makings and Chris Showbloom. We are recording this on March 12th, 2017, and we're going to be talking today about um, where we are, where the state legislature is, rather, on negotiations over a uh, two-year state operating budget. I'll preface this by saying that the official schedule says that lawmakers are supposed to wrap up their business and adjourn on April 23rd. Um, whether that happens or not is anyone's guess. I think most people would say it's not going to happen, that they'll probably have to go into at least one special session, possibly many special sessions. Um, today is also the 12th, uh, just little inside baseball. Um, it's the what they call the cutoff deadline for passing um, any bills that are not budget related um, from the other house. So it's the deadline for the house to pass out all bills that came over from the Senate and for the Senate to pass out and approve all bills that came over from the house. Um, and from here on out, it's pretty much going to be all about the budget, the various budgets, operating capital transportation. Um, so, Emily has just uh, done an update comparing uh, the budget proposals from the House, which is majority Democratic, and the Senate, which is majority Republican. Um, it's a really helpful tool for people to see the, the differences between the two. So, Emily, I'll hand it over to you. Okay. So, as as passed by each, um, by both the House and the, by the House and by the Senate separately, um, the the Senate would increase um, policy level changes. That's new um, new policies by about 1.7 billion, and the House would increase policy level spending by 3.3 billion. Mm -hmm. And both under both proposals, maintenance level spending, which is the cost of continuing current services, would increase by about three billion dollars. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about substantial um, increases here. Um, revenues are already expected to increase just um, thanks to a growing economy, but right. that won't cover all of this new spending. Um, the Senate proposal increases new revenues by $1.58 mm -hmm. and the House would increase new revenues by about $2.98 So there's a substantial difference. Clearly. Yeah, that's a big difference. Um, the Senate, in order to make its budget balance, the Senate um, has fund transfers to the tune of $197 million, um, the new revenues I mentioned, and um, they also make, they also use some of the range day funds, and they um, make a lot of cuts in the budget. Okay. A lot of spending cuts. Okay. The, the House um, it has about $58 million of fund transfers. Um, it also uses the rainy day fund, but it, it mostly uses the rainy day fund in 2015-17, uh, the current biennium, mm -hmm. as part of its 2017 supplemental. Um, both budgets balance over four years, which is heartening. The, right. the House in recent years has made a lot of noise about trying to get rid of the four-year balance budget requirement. 
Right. But they are um, adhering to it, at least for now. So that's good. Yeah, that is good. Um, and as for spending, they both both budgets really do focus on public schools, which is what we would expect given the McCleary deadline coming up. Right. Um, but the the Senate spends much less on human services and um, on compensation than the House would. Those okay. are the big, big areas of difference. Is that uh, school employee compensation or just state employee compensation in general? Uh, state employee compensation is where the big differences are. Okay. Um, public schools, they, they really spend about a, the same um, amount. It's just um, how they would fund it is, is completely different, which right. we talked about previously. Right. Um, so on compensation, the, the Senate only funds a few of the collective bargaining agreements. Mm -hmm. And it would provide about... Um, $1,000 as a general uh, flat increase for all state employees instead of doing the the bargaining agreements. Okay. Uh, the House funds all of the bargaining agreements. So that's state employees. It's extending the, the raises to non-represented employees. Mm -hmm. And it also funds um, the agreements with individual providers within um, human services, like people who provide long-term care and mm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, some other differences in higher ed, the, um, the house would actually freeze tuition at current levels. The, the Senate does not, and it actually reduces appropriations by 19.9 million with the, under the assumption that they would be replaced by, um, tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, but both also add millions of dollars for the state need grant funding. Okay. Um, I think those are the big spending items. Um, gotcha. Also, the the Senate would save about a hundred million dollars from not uh, funding a state contribution to the law enforcement officer and firefighters retirement plan too. Okay. Um, but the House would not do that. But they both spend a $50 million transfer to a local public safety account that kind of is related to that, um, the Law Enforcement and Firefighters Retirement Fund. Okay. So what does that mean by, by not giving money to the Law Enforcement and Firefighters Retirement so Account? There, so, ba so basically it's a shift of, of costs from the state to the local governments because the local mm. employers have to pick up the difference. Okay. And that's a, that's a hundred million dollars you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. About okay. All right. Yeah. And um, for our listeners, uh, Emily's also just put together a chart that she has a, obviously a list of, of the difference, but also a chart that shows in bar format, like who's, how the house is spending the money and how the, Republicans are spending the money, and so it gives you a nice sort of just quick overview of the differences. Um, okay, great. Now, why don't we get into a little bit how each side proposes to pay for this? Um, obviously, the House Democrats are spending significantly, um, over a billion dollars more uh, than the Senate Republican proposal. 
Um, but both Chris and Emily, you can jump in here and just talk about the, the differences between the two. Yeah, um, on the Senate side, side the uh, uh, primary um, revenue piece is what we call have been calling a levy swap. Right. Um, um, and, and, and what's happening um, is that the state would uh, increase uh, the state property tax mm -hmm. uh, and with 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 local districts um, simultaneously reducing their property tax right um, and this would be just for clarification for our listeners this would be to pay for um, increased state spending in schools this is all yes. when you're talking about levy swap it's all money going to public schools well you know it's, it's money it's money going in into into state account and then then a compromise amount of money is coming out of the state state account going to the uh, to the schools. Right. Um, it just is being, I think the the swapping is really more just a notional idea that we're we are that the that property taxpayers are um, simultaneously being uh, being uh, hit with a, a rise in the state property tax rate mm -hmm. and a fall in the local. Mm -hmm. So that sort of. On average, it balances out, though, uh, by parcel by parcel, school district by school district. Um, 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 there will be winners and losers. Right. Um, so the, the amount uh, that's now proposed for this local, what they're calling the local effort levy, um, um, uh, would be um, uh, 45 cents per thousand uh, dollars of assessed value in calendar year 2018 mm -hmm. uh, increasing to a dollar 55 uh, per thousand uh, dollars in calendar year 2019 um, with the hope that that would amount of the local effort levy could drift down over time as other state revenue uh, as revenues from other state tax sources grew uh, with the economy. Um, uh, junior districts uh, you know, with a higher state uh, um, um, uh, property tax, um, there will be some junior, what are called junior taxing districts um, that uh, will be, would be squeezed out of the property tax uh, because of the state's money. There's an aggregate limit of $3.60 per um, per uh, actually, you know, I, I aggregate of, of ten dollars per thousand um, dollars um, uh, uh, that actually can be raised through these regular property taxes, uh, and some um, uh, some districts are only able to tax when um, other districts fall short of their maximum, so that there's a capacity under the ten. Um, and, and there's a plan to uh, to compensate such districts, um, uh, but the the compensation is not an entitlement. It's just subject to the uh, uh, appropriations by the by the legislature going forward. Um, so that's pretty much I think pretty much it on the um, on the uh, on the Senate side. Um, the, the and that so that's um that's the primary, or is it the only uh, 
tax increase or I guess revenue change or increase it's, on the Senate it's, side? It's, it's, it's the big one on, the, on that on that side. There, there's okay. there are a mixture of other little, I think more 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 reductions than increases in the okay. in the revenue package. But this is by far the biggest. That's the big biggest one. Uh, uh, biggest element. Okay, so that's uh, the Senate Republican side. And then we move the Senate to Republicans the- uh, on the House side. Um, there is a bill, uh, a revenue bill. Uh, House Bill um, 2186, uh, which in, in, includes a, a portfolio of uh, tax changes that, uh, in aggregate, will fund the, the, the uh, spending and the additional spending in the House Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, list includes um, a um, um, uh, institution of a capital gains tax in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rate would be seven percent. The um, um, uh, we have a, a policy brief on this um, yep. that the, the people can look at to get to get get a lot more detail. But uh, the, the capital gains tax of seven percent um, that would uh, residential single-family residential properties would be exempted from that uh, from the capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and that would include not just single-family houses, uh, but uh, condominium units, uh, duplexes, triplexes, and most importantly, for those of us in Seattle, floating homes. Oh, um, yes, the houseboats. Yes, the house, the, the houseboats. So know, all those guys in uh, Fremont so are, that, so, are, off, so, the, are so, off the hook. So, so that you don't have to go sleepless. <laughs> worrying about <laughs> the property tax, a property ta- a capital gains tax, or when you sell that uh, that, that 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 treasure of a Although, property. Although I guess at the risk of offending any of our houseboat or floating home, I know there's a technical difference. Some of those are rather pricey. Oh, they are very pricey. I, I went I, on the duck. I went on the duck tour, and they were saying about the d- design. Like one one guy or gal has a glass bottom floor and it's very fancy but anyway we don't want to offend our houseboat dwelling listeners so um, no i guess if they if they get an exemption god bless them um second thing they're they're going to do is um is uh, change the real estate excise tax uh which is currently uh the state real estate excise tax which is uh levied when a when a piece of real estate is sold mm-hmm. uh, currently at the rate of 1.28 percent of mm-hmm. this of the sales price um, they're going to go to a, um, a progressive structure uh, where for properties uh, below um, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars if I'm remembering correctly uh, the the rate will will be reduced to uh, 75 one hundredths of a percent um, the um, uh, the two and a half percent, then the one point two eight will will continue up to properties up to a million dollars. Then you it phases in at two uh, percent and uh, and then two and a half percent for the largest properties. Um, uh, next on the li- on my list here. Um, is um, um, uh, a provision to try and collect sales tax um, from um, uh, online purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, 
rather complex um, uh, provision. Of, we won't uh, just don't need to go into details right now. Right. Um, if it moves but, forward and it looks like it's going to pass, we'll give listeners yeah, more we'll details. Yeah, we'll get more on it. And I think that, that what's what's sort of interesting in this or, or significant to note here is that this doesn't just apply to the uh, to the sellers, but it also may apply to uh, what are what are um, referred to as marketplace facilitators uh, and referrers, mm-hmm. so that you, you have, have people other than the seller who are involved in the transaction transaction in one way or another. Mm-hmm. For instance, having a website which the um, the uh, uh, purchaser goes through to get to the to the, the seller. Okay. Uh, that that there will be some uh, co- potentially collection obligations put onto them, onto those, uh, onto those those entities, and, and I suspect that that's going to end up being the, uh, the most con- some of the most controversial uh, features of this proposal. Okay. Um, they they are going to uh, they're um, uh, moving on they. They narrow or eliminate several tax preferences. Uh, notably, they would uh, make uh, um, uh, refinery still gas uh, subject to uh, to a tax at the uh, um, uh, a use tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would uh, repeal the uh, um, pre- the um, a lower rate that applies to international investment services. Um, eliminate uh, uh, um, an exemption for um, uh, from the real estate excise tax related to uh, foreclosure transactions. Um, they would take the uh, non-resident sales tax exemption uh, and eliminate that exemption, but but put in place a a refund uh, um, for of of sales tax for non non-residents. Uh, expecting they'll save money because a number of uh, for a number of case, a number of instances the non-resident won't apply for the for the refund. Um, uh, extend, they'll extend sales tax to bottled water, um, and then there are some features that uh, um, they hope would uh, improve tax compliance, um, which are sufficiently detailed that we don't. I don't think our listeners really need to hear them right now. Um, so I think that pretty much gets it. As I mean, Emily, uh, you might can jump in if there's something significant I've missed. Did you miss? Did you mention the B and O changes? Yeah, right. The B and O. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's just that's a little the big thing. one. I'm sorry about that. The, the, yes, the B and O. Maybe you were uh, just trying to. You were. You just blocked it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, they're going to uh, impose a 20% surtax. On a number of BNO categories, a number of the major BNO categories. Um, so, for instance, the under the 20% surtax, the um, the, the um, uh, tax on services would go from the current 1.5% uh, to 1.8%. Um, this would apply to manufacturing also, the general manufacturing categories, so not necessarily to, to all of the individual uh, industry-specific rates. Um, um, and then coupled with that will be um, 
um, a, a restructuring and expansion of um, of the tax breaks that are given to small businesses. We 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 uh, 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 small businesses right now, very small businesses right now, don't um, um, have to pay B and O tax uh, as long as their revenue falls below a certain threshold, and that, mm, that right. threshold will uh, um, will increase. Okay. Um, uh, the 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 uh, the House Democrats have taken to uh, describing this um, um, hike in the B and O tax uh, provision as actually being a small business tax relief. <laughs> that might be a that might be a bit of a stretch, but well, it's you know, it's, cre- it's creative marketing. I'll say yes. There's just enough there they can sleep at night. Right. It's emphasizing the positive and not mentioning the other part. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I get they're estimating that that would, I'm just looking at their, their the House Democrats flyer, they're estimating that in this biennium that would pull in, that B&O tax uh, increase would pull in nearly $1.2 billion. Yes. So that's the big one. That seems to be, that's by far the largest um, the largest tax increase that they're proposing. Numbers. The second one, their estimate is that the new capital gains tax would pull in seven hundred fifteen million this budget. So yeah, it's, um, let me let me caveat that that the um, the capital gains tax. Um, um, there's a, there's a certain there's a length of time for for that to ramp up, so they really only get start getting revenue from that in the second year of the biennium, mm-hmm. and nothing in the first year. Whereas the, the revenue from the small from the uh, Bino surcharge would would would, would come new revenue would start flowing in very quickly. Uh, when you look at it, you know, kind of uh, when you get out to a biennium where both of these um, uh, tax increases uh, are in play for the full biennium. Uh, the capital gains tax, I believe, is the bigger impact. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, um, uh, and, I, and I will say that this is one of the reasons that um, that I, I imagine this is one of the reasons the House didn't have to ha- uh, felt comfortable um, uh, with meeting the balance. Uh, budget requirement over four years uh, because right. because one of their major revenue pieces really doesn't kick in fully until the following biennium. I see. Okay. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, there you have it. Ever, do, anything else to add, Chris and Emily? Um, actually, I will add that the on the revenue stuff, the House also assumes enactment of uh, House Bill 1764, mm-hmm. which changes the current um, uh, gro- property tax growth limit. So it, w- okay. it would essentially allow um, taxes to grow more than they do currently. Oh. And that would increase state revenues by $128.3 million, okay. And it would increase local government revenues by $228 million. Okay. So um, yep. that's something that the counties and other local local governments are really hoping for, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and point out that that's, that's a gift that keeps on giving um, because it, it, you, you'll get a, um, 
not just that that revenue will continue forward, but the the enhanced growth rate will continue forward. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So it has it has proportionally bigger and bigger effects the further out you go in time. Yeah. All right. So there are obviously significant differences between the two sides, um, which would probably lead a betting person to um, put money on the legislature not wrapping up all its business by April 23rd. Because these are yeah. very these are very big differences. Yeah. Um, but, will I would I would I would say that that but this is I, I don't I don't think the odds of them not making the deadline have changed very much. They were low going into the session, yep. and they're still low. Absolutely, um, yeah. No, it's no, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. So, um, and and we probably should mention at this point that the that the. The um, the Senate has passed their major revenue bill, and the House is not going to pass uh, their revenue uh, bills. Oh, uh, and they're waiting for you know just a, a plan to be reached in the negotiation. And oh, I see. As I understood last I heard, the Senate wasn't particularly happy with the fact that the House wasn't willing to to vote on their plan. Okay. Um, because you know they as part of the, and it's not just being kind of. Um, Osteparous. It's really that that you know there's give and take in the negotiations, and I think they feel that that um, there are a lot of things that um, uh, the House is saying they want to do, but are willing to give up, which in fact they don't have the votes to do. They don't have the votes, uh, so they would be they would be they would be offering as bargaining chips, you know, kind of phony bargaining chips, and they they oh. want to they want to see that the that the chips are real. Yeah, that's a good point. So, what you know, what do you actually have the votes for some of these things? And if you don't, then that's reduces yeah. your leverage. Yes, it's not a it's a give it's not it's it's not a give up if you can, if you never were going to get you, it. So. Right, if you don't have the votes in your own caucus for it. Yes. Okay, interesting. Well, we'll just um, wait and see. You know, from here on out, I think it's a, a lot of I would imagine a lot of just behind the scenes negotiations. Um, we hope continue. We hope. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I think. They, I, know, I think they've been meeting. Um, of course, it's you know we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We can see there's a lot of you know stuff going on in Twitter, but that's all sort of the. Um, uh, that's a lot of rhetoric. So who knows what's actually uh, what progress is being made um, when they are when they're sitting down and meeting with one another, if any. But uh, we'll soon find out, um, or maybe we won't find out soon. Maybe it will be many months. We'll keep on having podcasts, giving you updates as we get more um, hard facts. Um, or or give, keep on give having po- doing podcasts where we go over the same old, same old, because yes. there's nothing, I got nothing to update. Nothing Whatever's to update. happening is happening behind closed doors. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Emily. Uh, Thank you to our listeners. Again, this is a Policy Today podcast from the Washington Research Council. A reminder, you can not only listen to us on our website, researchcouncil.org, but also on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon.